This is a Big Timing Comedy production. Welcome backstage. Uh, I'm here to interview Black Sabbath. I'm a journalist. VIP only. Groupies sleep with rock stars because they want to be near someone famous. We're here because of the music. We are band-aids. Are you jumping or am I undermedicated? You're listening to Backstage Pass with Meredith Marks. I'm with the band, okay? Damn, this is a good one. This is a really awesome episode that we are jumping into. I am psyched about this one. I've been wanting to talk to our guest for a really long time. I had plans to bring her on here. I'm so glad she finally agreed. She is uh, a very impressive resume, I have to say. Star Search, she won that 13 times. Ex-Wives of Rock TV show. Uh, She is a video vixen from the 80s. I love that about her. She co-wrote the book Dirty Rocker Boys. She's a single mom. She deals with the dating sites just like I do. We're like two peas in a pod. Please welcome Bobby Brown. Hey, girl. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Well, thanks for coming on with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Tell us, I want to jump into what you're doing recently. You just did a stint for Vagina Monologues. How was that for you? Um, that was, uh, it is for, it was for anti-abuse and, um, it's so pro women. It's like very, you know, supportive and it's definitely a pro woman's movement. Like, why am I seeing that? That's so crazy. (laughs) It's definitely a woman's movement. And, um, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. And yeah, it's for, yeah. What else have you been doing recently that you want to tell people about? Um, I've been taking stand-up comedy class. Really? And I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to start doing some, um, some shows like in the next, maybe in a month or something. Um, I'm going to start doing some stand-up here and there, which is kind of crazy. Because people that don't really know, uh, your personality, they know more of like your face and your, your body of work that way. You're really funny. Oh God. Thank you. (laughs) I'm I mean, it's really hard to do. Like, it's one thing to be funny and tell funny stories and and whatever. Um, But when somebody, like, tells you you have to go up and be consistently funny for, you know, 15 straight minutes and, like, not not totally bomb, that's horrifying. Um, And I did it, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But uh, who knows? I mean, who knows? The second try might be just as horrifying, and I might just throw it all up and give give it up anyway. So, But I'm going to try it. Do you bring in your stories from your book onto the stage? Is that what you're going to do? Um, not necessarily from the book, but like, um, I mean, for some reason, my, I have crazy things that go on in my life like every other day. I have Maybe I just have that personality that like, can you cuss on this show? Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> oh, okay then. Please that do. Shit is, that shit is drawn to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I always, I have like, crazy stories all the time but um not not really the ones that I've told in the book because I feel like some people have heard those but definitely can I definitely have some um some routines that you know correlate with dating or being married to rock stars for sure absolutely you've got tons of stories we want to get into some of those uh you recently were talking to Sharice Neal and Donna DeErico on their podcast Single AF 
And uh, that was a great episode. The story about Dave Navarro absolutely blew me away. Can you just give our listeners a little taste of that story? Yeah. Um, basically, I had to go deliver a book to him. And mind you, I had like a secret like crush on him. I was like, Dave Navarro so hot. Anyway, and uh, when um, one of the guys at Manson asked me to bring a book over there, I was like, sure, no problem. Like, yeah, glad to. And I was just like, oh, my God. So I go there and um, and he opens the door naked with a rifle and a feather boa on. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. And uh, so he's like, oh, hey, hey, thanks for the book. Um, yeah, come on in. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? You know? And he's like, I'm downstairs fucking this girl right now. She's a star fucker. And uh, we're taking Polaroids and shit. So, like, I'm going to put on a video for you. Like, just chill out. I'll be done in a second. It won't take long. And I was like, okay. So he put on a video of himself masturbating. And um, I was just like, you know how, like, when you see something and you're just like, I can't watch, but I'm watching. You're like, what, what? You know, like, you can't look away. Yeah. You don't want to look. and. Yeah, it was gnarly. And then um, he came up soon thereafter. Didn't take long, like he said, and um, literally put a sticker. Yeah, I, I, I see how these made. I don't. I've never seen Starfucker stickers for sale anywhere. But um, he literally put a sticker on her that said Starfucker on her shoulder and pushed her off the front door. Bye. Like, see you later. Like, and just had on um, lavender see-through bell-bottom leggings, like skin tight. Which was like, and then, you know, I'm sitting on the couch and he walks over. It's just like, dick and balls in your face. Like, you're like, oh, hey, what's up? And uh, after being traumatized with the video watching, uh, it was bizarre. Like, it was the craziest day uh, ever. And as I became friends with him and, and the more I got on him, every single one of those days was something like crazy like that. So did you? I mean, so many stories. A lot of them didn't make it in the book, but funny shit and always wacky did you start a relationship with him after that um i did not start a relationship well we out for like a summer and um we never hooked up um i kissed him and but we never did anything sexual because he was um a heroin addict and yeah. i was like so we go from tommy lee to nothing for five years to a guy who's shooting up like what am I, what is wrong with me? You know, yeah. I, I didn't go there. Um, not that he was sexy or, or, you know, hot or anything. And I definitely liked him. I just, mostly I was, I was afraid of getting hurt by somebody who was so um, bad for me. Or I'd already just done that. I thought that was a bad move. Right. Right. Um, so you've had, you know, a bunch of different stories in your dirty rocker boys uh, book did you did you date uh one Nelson twin or did you did you date both Nelson twins? No, I did not date both. I'm so sure. Wait, I wanted to make sure. No. Um I just dated Matthew. Um but I mean I'm sure his brother Gunner would have been never a, a threesome, but I would not have that. No. Um yeah, I only dated Matthew. I dated the nice Nelson. So these Nelson boys, this is something I've always wondered. Um, their hair is longer than yours, okay? And every woman out there, right? Um, did he pull You're it back? So, so, uh, so the Nelson twins, their hair is longer than all of the females, right? That I'm sure that they date. 
during sex? Does he pull the hair back yeah. or is he, is the hair all up in there? God, it's been so long. Let me think about this. Uh, I don't I remember. Have to ask. I don't think he did. he didn't pull it back. Actually, he left it down because you know what? That wasn't all their hair. They had hair extensions. Stop. And Are you I for remember, real? Yes, because I remember one time I didn't know this until I went to go see them somewhere in the airport, and I walked up to him and went to go do like you know the running the hands through the like for the hair like hey babe and it was like eh, eh, and I got stuck and I pulled one out oh. on accident and um he almost had a meltdown and I was like what and um that was before I could ever afford my own set of extensions honestly I didn't even know how they worked but um yeah so they didn't do any pulling of the hair back because they were afraid to pull the extensions out so wow. down <laughs> That is a piece of information I was not expecting to receive. <laughs> I'm glad I asked that question. I, okay, I got a, another question for you. So let's go. Let's okay. go into let's go into Warrant here and a little bit of Janie Lane. My DJ on my radio station here in Baltimore, he is under the assumption that the song I saw Red was about you. I told him I thought no. it was about the girlfriend before you. Right. Okay. It's not about me. He and I um, had just started dating before that single came out. And um, that song was about Mandy. I forget her last name. Whoever the girl Mandy was, who was a background singer um, in the zoo. Mandy, mm. I can't even think of her last name. But anyway, that is his name Mandy? I think so. Anyway, the girl before me, definitely. He wrote about her because um, the record came out. You know, before me, obviously, before meeting me. So he had obviously thought. written the song before that, you know? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, I wanted to clarify this because we're going to be talking about this on my, my morning show tomorrow, you know, here in Baltimore, the classic rock station. So we can clarify and clear the air there for you, Bobby. Yeah, oh, it's definitely not about me. Let me just say this. I am not a cheater. I will never cheat on anyone. I'm definitely an honest person. And if I feel the need to want to go be with someone else, I would break up with someone first. Absolutely, girl. That's right. That's right. I feel you right yeah. there. But you were cheated on, yeah. just like I've been cheated on. You were cheated on. Tell me about, you know, a little bit about that. Because okay. see, these rocker boys, they are dirty. Um, I feel like, you know, it's... I feel like anybody that needs that much adoration and attention at, at all times from everybody, you're going to come across some problems. Like there's no woman that's as, you know, as confident and as amazing as it's not even about her. It's about him. Like you can be the best wife, the best girlfriend, the best of, you know, anything. And they'll still do it because they get pussy offered to them left and right. And they're weak. Their egos are weak. So they're like, Oh yeah, I'm feeling down today. I, you know, it's just, it's all fake attention. And of course they're going to cheat. I mean, who's to say if I was in, the, in their shoes and I had like, you know, offerings all day long at that time of my, you know, youth that I wouldn't be like, yeah, too, probably wouldn't. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'm not totally blaming, you know, the rock star. I'm just saying, I think it's a whole thing. You know what I mean? Right. And I feel like as they get older, and the, the more they lose success, the worse it gets. Yep. Like, the less A-list rocker they are, the more obsessed they become in proving, you know, oh, they still got it type of shit. 
Absolutely. Tell me about Ex-Wives of Rock. Who came up with the concept for that show? Because when it first came on, I was immediately drawn to that. And I thought, I want to watch that. It's it's juicy and it's so good. Who who came up with that? Thank you. Um, It was Lorraine Lewis and Lisa Brucker. Um, They uh, co-created the idea. And then they came to me with the idea and I brought the girls in. Awesome. So this yeah. was, so, so Athena, you know, since you had broken up with Tommy, how was your relationship with Athena? You've always been friends with her, right? Yeah. Um, she came in at the last second because one of the other girls um, ended up dropping out of the show at the last minute. And so she was kind of the replacement, but she was an awesome replacement and probably turned out being better than who we originally had um, uh, instead. And she and I had remained really great friends um, for years and especially during this time. Um, but yeah. Are you still really good friends Not with anymore. these girls? No, no, no. no. Okay. Well, no. Um, yeah. It's unfortunate. I don't talk to Athena anymore or blue. I guess we saw the blue one coming. Right. Um, yeah. But Athena, um, not so much. I kind of uh, kind of broke my heart, to be honest with you. But uh, no, I don't talk to her anymore. And that was that. Was that. It was her choice. I guess she didn't need anything anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Did you enjoy doing that show while you did it? I loved, like, honestly, to get paid and, like, be yourself and hang out with your friends. I mean, who, how can you beat that? That's like... That's awesome. Yeah, I loved every second of it. I would do it again in a heartbeat. All right, let's talk about Star Search. I remember being a little girl watching Star Search in my house, and it was just one of those shows that drew the family together. And I remember seeing you on there, and I was a little girl, and it was so cool. Um, Tell me, when did it really hit you that – this was it. You were going to become a household name. You were famous. When, how did, when did you know that this really hit you? Um, you know what? I think maybe when I lost, um, it, was, it you know, it, it just was kind of happening and, and, um, it didn't really dawn on me until I lost. And then it was like a big deal. Um, so that was kind of really when I noticed it was kind of like it was before the internet, but like, you know, when you lose something and people are watching, they, and they didn't want you to lose, then you know how many people are watching, you know? Right. Um, so that's when I kind of knew. And then <clears throat> when Cherry came out after that was really when it solidified, you know, people knowing who I was. So Star Search, Ed McMahon. He seemed like such a grandfatherly type of guy. Was he in fact like that? <laughs> Maybe. Um, uh, uh, yeah, not really. Oh, say, wow. Um, yeah. I mean, okay. I have a really, 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 really juicy story about him. I don't even know. I don't even know if I put it in my book or not. I'm not sure. Well, you can share um, it here. This is a safe space. You can feel free to do whatever you want, whatever you're comfortable with. We'll take it. If you don't want to dish it, that's fine too. We respect you for that. Whatever you want to do. Okay. Um, let's see. So I was. It was when I was doing a Star Search, and there was um, a charity event in Vegas where they hired me and 
uh, Ed to co-host the event. So um, I agreed to do it because they were paying me well, obviously. And um, my I brought my roommate with me at the time. We were like, what, 20, 20? No, 20. We were 20, both of us. And um, so she came with me and literally, like by the time we got off the, the um, out of the limo, I went to my little cheap ass hotel that they had me put up in. And, and she went back with him to his like three story, you know, awesome thing at the Golden Nugget. And um, I didn't see her for the entire weekend, except for when she told me to come meet her. Because Ed said that um, he would let us go shopping with his credit card. And I was like, shit, I'm on my way, right? So I went over there and, oh, this is so funny. So I walk in and he comes down the stairs butt naked. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? It was all that. And it was like, like all bush and mushroom cap and <laughs> major, major, Major um, tube thoughts with rocks, okay? <laughs> right? Like hanging, like so gnarly. And I was like, and he was like sauntering down the, the spiral staircase. And I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? And I was like, whoa. And he was wasted. or so, I don't know if he was high or wasted or whatever. But he was like, here, you guys take my credit card. And you go shopping. And I was, I was like, yeah. And so we left. And we I remember we spent like $10,000. Um shopping and he he was fine with that but I was just like oh man it was the grossest thing I've ever seen wow and, and my girlfriend was kind of dating they started kind of dating which is crazy but yeah which brings me to an important story, question right? I mean I love that story it's crazy I mean um, thanks for sharing it here um we love taking that yeah, but no. but it brings me to a, a really serious question for you and I want to know your stance on this um, knowing okay. now with this whole Me Too movement and you growing up, you know, being a video vixen in the music industry and a model, um, did you see things back then that really you questioned and you could have seen that that would have been a no-no these days and people would have gotten into trouble for? Um, I, um, let me think about that for a second. Anytime anybody ever tried any weirdness with me, I'm such a um, masculine entity. I'm so like aggressive and verbally curt that immediately all of that went to the wayside because of the humiliation factor on their end. Like immediately they thought, okay, we can't fuck with her. She doesn't care about getting the part. You know what I mean? Like, yes. and I didn't. Um, so that never got crazy with me at all. Um, but I did know um, a couple of friends who like would come back from a, a, a photo shoot and be like, yeah, I had sex with them on the floor. I'd be like, what? Um, so yes, it ha happened a lot. It, um, and it happened um, with boys too, like a lot, like uh, no friend of mine firsthand, but there were, you know, close circles of ours where we knew that that was what was going on. And I remember uh, somebody telling me once, it's not, what did you say? It's not, it's not who you know or how much talent you have. It's who you fuck. And I was like, yeah, well, I guess I'm not going anywhere in this career, in this job. I guess, I, I guess my career is pretty much done here. So, um, and literally because I was, I was never willing to fuck anybody for any reason unless I wanted to, you know? Right. So, um, 
yeah, that's 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 my story on it. But yeah, it totally totally existed, you know. And people did become famous for who they fought. And how do you sure. how do you feel it's changing the industry now? Are you uh, are you for this Me Too movement? I'm just curious. Of course, I mean, absolutely. I don't think that anybody should manipulate anyone, you know, <clears throat> sexually or otherwise, um, you know, to get a, to get a position or to get a leg up in in this industry, and especially you know, men to women, because you know they're obviously this you know the more physically stronger and empowering and they kind of run the industry. So for them to take advantage of these women is sad and shameful and, and, or men taking advantage of, you know, he's trying to make it like world and it's a bummer, you know? Absolutely. Exactly. The, uh, it's exactly the answer I was anticipating you giving. So I'm glad you gave that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go, let's go yeah. to video Vixen here. Um, I remember watching Cherry Pie and thinking, as a youngster, this girl is adorable. I didn't think you were, you oh. know, because as a kid, you think, oh, you know, you don't you don't have the thoughts that uh, an adult female or adult male would have. But I thought this girl's adorable. And I thought video vixens were the coolest things ever when you're growing up in the <laughs> 80s. I mean, that was like the coolest job ever. Right. You were in great whites. Uh, music videos and of course warrant and that's where you met Janie um, can you take us a little bit behind the scenes of how all of that happened and what it was like to become I mean you became this global force to be reckoned with becoming this cherry pie girl um you know it's weird it's like you it wasn't something that was foretold or um, I expected because back at that time like MTV was a big deal that was all you did was sit in front of the TV and watch MTV and that's how um, a band made it or didn't you know and um, it was like a weekly event like the world premiere you know of this video or that video it was like it was a big it was a big deal back then and um, so I was already modeling I had been living in LA and I was already modeling and um, it was just like another casting call like so I would be called and said like oh you know um so you know this company requested you for this video audition or this person saw the saw you or just you fit the requirements that they're looking for you know and if I happen to go on it and book the job then great um coincidentally for the um that that's how it worked out for the great white video I just went on a casting call that they gave me that I fit the requirements and then for warrant um they had seen me on star search and requested me so okay. um and i still didn't go and then they called and said that i didn't go and uh, um called and asked me to, to come meet them the following day um that's how i got the job and um which is a lot easier than you know usually getting jobs you know normally have to go and audition or sit in a cattle call or you know whatever and um i have zero patience so normally i would usually leave those if there were a lot of people there um so I, um, what was it like backstage or once I got the job? Is that what? The, yeah. I want to take, take, one? take the people okay. uh, that are, that are watching and list that are going to be listening to this podcast. What, what is it like? Give us a little backstage view of what it's like making a, a music video in the eighties. Um, well, first, before you actually get to the set, you probably have had a couple of fittings for, you know, the stylist and, um, 
then when you get to the set, which is usually hell of early, uh, you get there and they have, you know, craft services on a big um, stage or um, a commercial set, you know, like a stage. It was um, Gower Studios uh, on Sunset. And they had the whole, you know, um, stage set with the big open, you know, background. And um, I went into makeup, hair and makeup. And the director comes in and tells me what the shoots were, uh, the shoot ideas were for the day. And, and what outfits I should be wearing and whatnot. And um, that's the first day I started butting heads with him because um, I didn't get along with him at all. And it was a three-day shoot um, total. So uh, he had a lot of other, like, you know, some of the scenes in the video were very sexy or sexist. And that was nothing in comparison to what he wanted me to do. So there were a lot of scenes where I was like, I'm not fucking doing that. I'm like the pie falling that. in your lap. Is that what you're referring like to? That, like, yeah. No, no. There were scenes that I refused to do. Yeah. Like getting in a, in a tub full of whipped cream. Oh, like that was one of the ideas. And I said, I'm not fucking doing that. Right. Um, so that was an example of, you know, one of the things that we didn't do. And then um, for the, the hose in the face, I only let them shoot that scene once because it was brutal. It was so Yeah, painful. I can only I imagine. Like, it must have know. hurt. It hurt like hell, okay? So the force of the, the water that comes out of one of those hoses, that wasn't a pretend fire hose. That was a real fire hose. And um, it was fucking brutal. My, my skin peeled off my face practically. So I had to turn my head really quick and I was like, I hope you got that shot because I'm not doing that again. And yeah, he was like, can we just do one more take? I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Wow. So, oh, so, but anyway, it was cool. Janie sent me flowers to the set and, um, it was just very long, long days. I got paid well for, uh, videos for back in the day. You didn't get paid that well. They paid me well. And, um, it was pretty cool. I mean, everybody was kind of cool. Like all the wives were there on the first day to kind of like give me the once over, like, who is this bitch? You know, <laughs> um, they did. Everybody was pretty cool ish. You know, did you get to keep the outfit and do you still have it? Um, I did get to keep the outfit. The jean shorts were mine. Um, and the other, uh, I, I've pretty much sold. I think I sold them. I've sold, I sold them. Yeah. Oh, okay. I sold. Yeah. Well, that's cool that you got to keep at and least, you know, some of it. One of the outfits um, I didn't have, uh, which was the waitress outfit, was. And uh, my dog's whining. And uh, I think that the stylist sold it to um, one of the Hard Rocks. It's in, it's up at the Hard Rock. Hi. Oh, cool. Hi. What's up? We're dog friendly. Yeah. You can bring that dog on. It's all good. <laughs> does this if I'm not giving her 100% attention I get it I have that puggle puppy and that puggle puppy always wants my attention um so that's where you met Janie and you got married we know the whole story you know we don't have to go into the whole thing um and you've got a beautiful daughter with him um and it just seems like um it just seems like your daughter has grown grown up with great normalcy and is successful and and just a regular girl and not affected by much. Um, and I can't imagine losing her dad, how that must've affected you being her mother. And I'm a mom to twin girls. So I get it. Um, yeah. 
how has life been, you know, without him? Um, it's definitely been weird and it's tainted, um, California for my daughter because she used to come out a lot more. Um, after he died, it, she really was hesitant to come out as much because, um, you know, that was their time to get to do, you know, fun stuff and whatever. And because I would see her often, like she lived with me her whole life. And then when I went through, um, rehab and stuff like that, she went to stay with my mom. And then, so it was always my side of the family or, you know, my side that had the most to do with Taylor. And, you know, of course, Janie was in and out of his sobriety. So, um, he didn't get to spend as much time with her as he probably, or he would have liked to and, or she would have liked to. And, um, so when they did spend time together, he was always, you know, when she would come out here, he was always, you know, doing special things like, you know, going to the opera or going to Disneyland. Like, you know what I mean? He would try to make it memorable, um, when he was sober, um, when he was drunk, not memorable, but in other ways. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, you know, if, of course, it's sad. I mean, I still think about him. We still miss him. My daughter still misses him. Of course, he was um, he wasn't a bad guy. He was a good guy. He just had a, a very serious addiction. You know, I met him. And some issues. I, I met him with. one time. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I went to the Warrant and Enough's Enough and Poison show in uh, in Bristol, Virginia. I was mm-hmm. prob I was probably <laughs> twenty years old then at, at the time. And I watched him from the side of the stage hanging out with Ricky Rocket. And it was really cool. Mm -hmm. And he just seemed, the whole band was very nice. And he just seemed like a very Mm -hmm. nice, you know, normal. They were all kind of normal backstage, just nice guys. And so I was lucky enough to at least have met him and uh, and just say hello. And I I enjoyed Warren's work. I like Warren a lot. Uh, I grew up with the music. So that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. He was, um, like I said, when he was sober, he he was a nice guy. He was a good guy. He wasn't you know, a bad guy. And he wasn't into all of that debauchery type of backstage shit that you hear about from other bands. Like Mm -hmm. that wasn't his thing. He was not a wild and crazy, like guy who was, you know, a misogynist who, you know what I mean? He wasn't that guy. So, um, he just had some serious problems that he didn't, couldn't deal with on his own and, and drinking just got worse and worse. You know, but I like how you said on ex-wives of rock that you guys were able to come to a friendship um, a while after your divorce. And that's how I am with my daughter's dad. uh, And he's a musician as well. And so it's it's important. And I like to get this message out and I like to talk to other moms about stuff like this, because it's important to know that you can get to that place, even though the divorce could be ugly, you can get to that place. And it must be comforting to you to have gotten to that place before he passed. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. A hundred percent. Like I'm a, I am a lover and I care about people, you know, whether I've cared about you a lot at one time or less now or whatever. I mean, we obviously had a child together and I will always have love for him or, or love him, you know? Um, and, and, you know, you can't take that time away from me. And, I would never want to see anybody that I know or even someone that I don't know suffer or hurt or if anyone ever reaches out to me, I'm the first person to go help them, 
even, you know, even if I have issues with the person, if the person's going to reach out to me for help, I'm going to respond, you know? Um, so, you know, I'm not a vengeful or a vindictive person. And more than anything, I'm, I'm very generous. And he did, um, he and I did have a friendship and, um, yeah, we did remain friends and it was very sad, um, when he passed because, I mean, it was always something that we thought that he didn't get it under control. Like it was going to be inevitable, but like, you never really know when that day is going to come because you know, the week that he died, he did, he was doing good. He had just done an interview on, um, forget a TV show, but he looks great. You know, um, it's just weird. And it just comes out of nowhere, you know? Um, but I guess, and, and I don't really understand alcoholism and I probably never will, but I guess that's what happens. Like you get sober and then you go off hard. And then you get sober and you go hard and it's like your body gets to a point where it just can't do that. And, and, um, I mean, I guess it's more consistent just to drink every day than it is to get sober and go hard. Like, I guess the body just can only take so much. And that's what happened. Well, let's talk about, you know, you and I are on the same boat here. Single moms in the dating world today. (laughs) Okay. And the fucking challenge that it is with these dating sites. I loved when you were talking to Sharice and Donna about this. I listened to it and I cracked my ass up because I'm like, I'm on it. I know about Bumble and I know about Tinder and it's scary. And when you were talking about the guys that put that they are entrepreneurs and that means that they're. (laughs) Oh, Bobby, I was I was laughing so hard that really because it hits home if you're not. Um. If you're not single, let's just say, you know, if you're not a, a divorced parent single, um, you know somebody that is. And everybody is in the same boat together. And it's tough. So tell me yeah. about a little bit about your uh, your experience with it. It is. It's like, honestly, I hate the, the fact that it even exists in a way. And then in another way, what else would I do? Because I never get out anymore. Like, I never right. go out anymore. I'm at the age where I'm all like, I'm, it's like way too much effort and, and having to deal with all of the, the people out in clubs these days are, is just bullshit. I mean, honestly, I don't know what has transpired and maybe it's the internet or maybe it's these apps, but like nothing is the same as it used to be. And dating is not what I know it to be like sexting, never, never something I, I did or was into. And it's, it's all the rage with these kids, right? So, I mean, I know you're younger than me. That's like, I mean, that's a little weird for me. Like, I just think that's bizarre. And I feel like, you know, I was raised that, you know, your body is something that you only share with somebody you care about. And I mean, these girls these days, literally that, like that picture I posted of the, of the guy imitating, doing the splits, like with his ass out, looking into (laughs) the oven, like that's how, that's how girls their you know the oven these days like <laughs> butt naked with assless right so true like, and everybody has to post everything about it like i remember the day you know you know that i didn't take a picture of the, what the fuck i was eating and run to all my neighbors houses and show them like you know what i'm saying like who gives a shit so you know when we started doing xyz rock and they're like you need to get on your social media game i was like I used to, I remember used to thinking, how stupid is that? Nobody gives a shit about what, what I'm eating or what I'm doing or like where I'm going. And 
I was wrong. They do. They do. Give a shit. And it's weird. It's weird to me. Like, I think it's bizarre because I don't give a shit what other people are doing all day long. Like, I remember going, God, like, Tommy is, like, posting when he ta- when he farts, you know? Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> a lot of people apparently gives a shit. And I just thought it was so bizarre. Um, and then I had to do it, too. I was like, oh, my gosh. And it's true. Now you can't even get a job in this town unless you have so many followers. It's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. You know? It's so yeah. true. I love, um, we be- recently became Facebook friends, but I love the things that you post, those funny ass quotes. <laughs> and it really has to do a lot with like single, being a single girl. And you don't realize, and I'll tell you, you connect with a lot of people that way because people can relate to you. You're a big time celebrity and you are having people that can relate to you. That's important. That's a special, special thing. You got me. I crack up every time you post, post stuff like that. I think it's fantastic. Thank you. Um, I mean, I don't consider myself a celebrity, first of all. And thank you for saying that. But um, You are. People I know who you like, are. <laughs> I just feel like that's how I feel. And a lot of times I offend people with how I feel. but. I'm just raw and to the core and in my honesty about life and how I feel about things and what I think. And maybe sometimes I overtell things and I'm too honest and probably shouldn't speak on them, but that's just my personality. And I, I mean, I'm just being me. I mean, it is my own page. And if people get me, I appreciate that because not everybody does. A lot of people get offended and I just feel like lighten the fuck up, you know? Um, so, but yeah, I'm glad you appreciate it. That's why they have an unfollow button, you know? So right? if somebody's offended, like, you know, what the fuck? Yeah, it's so like, I'm unfollow. not at your friend, so if you don't like it, unfucking follow me. Right? right. Absolutely. Yeah. I love your attitude. Yeah. I think you're spunky and fun. Thanks. So Christine Thank Owen you. on uh, Facebook says, ex-wives of rock needs to come back on TV. Um, any chance that maybe we can get something else out of you girls is there any talk about coming out with maybe a different set of a different cast or you thinking about maybe doing another show um well considering that the co-creators don't even speak anymore probably not um i don't see it happening honestly uh it'd be one thing if um the production company and the team that even had this idea were on speaking terms but they're not and you know, we've all kind of just dismantled and went our own ways. So I don't foresee that happening. Um, it's unfortunate because I would have loved that. And I know a couple of us would have loved that. But like, yeah, I don't see it happening, unfortunately. Sorry. What if I start a uh, a public campaign that I think that Bobby Brown should be the next Bachelorette? I think that that would garner so many views, having 20 guys vying for your love, right? Brett Michaels did it. I think we need Bobby Brown. That's what I was going to say. I've been saying I wanted to do the female version of Rock of Love. Yes, girl. Yes. That's what I would do. I would love to do that. I think it would be hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I'm Um, I even even tweeted Brett Michaels about it. I tweeted to Brett Michaels about it, and I've said it a couple times in interviews. But, yeah, nothing's happened, and he didn't get back to me, so... I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll see. Maybe I'll put it out there. We'll see. Maybe we can get some conversation happening. You never know. There's so many different 
um, avenues now. You know, you've got Netflix and you've got all these different cable options and Amazon and, you know, all these different things yeah. that are looking for interesting. I think that would be fucking fantastic. I think you'd be hilarious. I think it would need to be on a network that would have to be uh, allowing cuss words because it wouldn't be fun without it. <laughs> Quite honestly. Right. Uncensored. No shit. That would be that awesome. That would be like my dream come true. That would be like on my bucket list. I want to get my book book made into a movie and I want to do a reality show um, of me being like, like a bachelorette or um, rock of love. That is like two of my, that's on my bucket list right there. Uh, book made into a movie. Who would play you? Um, gosh, you know, people have asked me that, that before. Um, I have um, the girl who is playing Sharice in the Motley movie really, really wants to play me if this happens. Um, and she she could do a great job and she's beautiful. Um, and then somebody said Jennifer Lawrence. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I don't know if she'd want to do that, but like, whatever. Um, but I can see where they would say that because of her personality and how well, her facial features a little bit. So I get that, why they would think that. Um, I honestly don't follow TV and who's famous anymore. So I can't really say. Like, I don't know who would be like perfect to play me. But um, so far, that's that's what I've been told. All right. Stay tuned for that because we'll have to find out if that ever happens. I hope it does for your, you know. I, yeah. I really hope. I would I like to see it that. Out there. Yeah. This, you like to see that? I would like to see that. I would totally see that. I'm telling you, Dirty Rocker Boys is her book. And uh, if we make it into a movie, that would be fantastic. Mark McCullough said, did you enjoy being at M3 Festival at Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland with Tawny? I did. It was awesome. I loved it. It was fun. I had a great time. I did. Yeah, we, we just did it again. It's become quite a popular thing here. We had a lot of guys here. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago at M3. And we'll have to get you back. I'm going to talk to people. We'd like to have you come back. And if you come back, girl, I'm coming down and meeting you and giving you a big hug. You better. You better. That would be awesome. I would love that. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, Christine Owen asks, when are you going to make your own hair extension line or makeup line? Girl, let me tell you what. There's already a Bobby Brown with her makeup line. So that's already an issue. I can't even touch that. Right. Um, and... As far as um, a hair extension line, man, I would love that. But to do those types of things, you need what's called money or an investor. And I don't have either of those things right now. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the problem. I mean, if there was an investor that wanted to, you know, have me go in with them and, and be the spokesperson for their hairline and all that stuff, I would love to do that. That would be incredible. I would be so down to do that. But, like... Nobody's, you know, nobody's doing that. And I haven't been petitioning, you know, to people for their money. And when you do that, everybody's always like, yeah, no, nobody's trying to like hand out money anymore. You know, they barely like to even shop. So yeah, everybody's, everybody gets everything delivered and nobody does anything for themselves anymore. Well, you do tutorials on YouTube and I've watched a few of them and they're always fun to watch, right? Are you finding a good following with that? Which one? Your your makeup the one that tips. I posted recently. Yeah, your makeup tips. I just I just did that the other day because um I had um it was a, that was actually a casting they were calling for a casting and that was that was my casting interview. Um, Fun. And I posted it just because I thought oh maybe people might be interested. I got a really good response from it, so 
I mean, maybe I'll start doing that. I mean, but there's so many, you know, um, and people actually live to be YouTubers. And um, I just, girl, I don't even know if I have that in me, you know, to like every day. <laughs> Again, going back to the like, do people really care about what I can do every day? Like, you'd be surprised, Bobby. You would be surprised. I mean, I guess so. But like, I, I just think it's bizarre because I don't, I always go like, nobody gives a shit, but you know, cause that's just how I feel. But clearly there are some people that are interested in knowing things like that. So yeah, I'd be down to do it. Absolutely. So tell me, what do you have planned for the summer? What do I have planned for the summer? Let's see. Um, I'm supposed to host a, an all girl comedy tour that's being talked about. Um, I'm going to continue to go to class. I'm going to try and start doing that. And I'm trying to get this book made into a movie, obviously. I'm going to appear on um, Sharice and Donna's podcast with you more time. And I'm doing um, a podcast this week um, with Lana Turner. Um, she is Frankie. I mean, not Frankie. What is that? Ralphie P. May's um, widow. Um do you know who Ralphie May sure, is? Sure, absolutely. A comedian that died last year. Yes. Okay, so his widow, who's also a stand-up comic, has a podcast, or they had a podcast together, and I guess I, she did the, the vagina monologues with me, and we met there, and she was like, I need to know you. I don't know what, what it is about you, but I feel like I need to know you, and you're going to help me. And um, I did, in fact, end up helping her with something, and uh, then she asked me to be on her show, which we start, we, we film, um, I believe, uh, next Thursday, next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. So, um, and it's also video. It's like, so it'll be live video and audio. And, uh, so I'll have to post about that. So that's what's coming up. I think you need to do your own podcast and just talk about these crazy, uh, dating stories that you have, um, about, you know, stinky ball sacks and dick pics. And Don't shit. let her steal your idea. <laughs> yeah. Do what? Great. So it'll be all female. No men are trying to kind of conversation. I think they might actually want to turn tune into the conversation. So they know what not to do. Cause when you scroll through and you see these guys, like you said, with the long hair, like trim that shit up. And what's with all of the beards? Like they're all hairy. Are you noticing that on the West coast? Because over here they are all hairy. It looks like they haven't showered. They haven't shaved, but they look like shit. And they want to get a date. I don't understand yeah. it. Help me understand that, please. They have a curl, a tufty curl rolling out of the top of their shirt that you can grab with your hand and pull, right? <laughs> like, yes, I've I've become aware of that um, over there. I've seen it myself and I was just like, what's up with the bear action over here? It's true. I don't know. But you know what? It's also true for a lot of women there, too. Yeah. Like in other areas. Right. This is what um, I say. If you're if you're fucking hairy, okay, and you want me to shave my shit, yeah. you better shave your shit because otherwise it goes both ways, right? Absolutely. And and this is my mo on hair. Anyway, first of all, hair is created to coagulate bacteria and protect the body from virus or infection. So basically, the hair has collected all the shit. In the universe, all the funky smells and everything else, bad, right? So it's just sitting there. You think it smells fresh? No. So so if you want to keep it, then you better wash that shit thoroughly. And if you, and if you don't, then you need to shave it. 
one or two choices if mm-hmm. you want anybody to visit there and go back again. Yeah. So that, that's just my thoughts on it. Absolutely. I'm dying to know what is your yeah. age, what is your age range? What do you have on your filter? How how young are you willing to go? Uh, this is funny. Um, my age range is this is so embarrassing. Thirty one to I think fifty four. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean I know that the thirty one year old uh, that's like way pushing the envelope in the youth department. I already have experience in there, and I already know that it doesn't work. However, they're the hottest. It's weird. And because I find that guys my age and older, what the fuck, man? They look uh-huh. like dinosaurs. They're dinosaur looking. Why? <laughs> like, why do they look so fucking old? Or like some guys that say they're like 35 look like they're like 68. I'm like, how is that possible? It's just weird. Either guys are lying about their age, I think, yep. or um, is it? Is that what it is? Absolutely. Yes. And I had to call a few out on their shit. Like, come on, you are not 40. Like, get real. Really? You okay. are not 40. You look older than my dad. Okay. So there you go. So, so yeah, I didn't know what, what was really going on with that shit. I'm like, okay, I know women lie about their age. I personally do not, but I know women that do. And I always think that's bizarre. It's like, like they're not going to find out. Why lie about anything? It's like you're going to hold in all your fucking crazy until like, you know, a couple weeks down the road and then scare the shit out of somebody. Like, what is that? Yeah. Like, don't trick. Tricking people into like being with you is a fucked up thing. Right. Right. And No, I don't like those kind of surprises personally. So and my mom actually told me that she was like, you, you need to like. She told me to do that, actually. She goes, you're just way too many cards on the table up front and all that. You scare people off. I go, I kind of let people know what they're getting into. I mean, that's what I want anyway. I can't imagine being you because being me over here in Baltimore um, and my my picture is out there on Bumble. I get guys writing to me all the time going, oh, I listened to you on the radio this morning. Oh, I listened to you yesterday. You were funny. And I'm like. That that kind of makes me go back a little bit. Um, do yeah. you do you get that? Do you guys say, "Oh, I know who you are," and then it kind of makes you a little nervous. You almost don't want them to recognize you, right? Right, a hundred percent. Yes, um, because fan is short for fanatic, and and it's always a weird situation when somebody knows who you are and and how they know you. Um, because there's all of these expectations and all of these, um, uh, especially expectations. And then, you know, the let's walk down memory lane and then the inadequacies they start to feel for no reason because of who I dated or whatever, you know, like, yeah. I mean, it, there's been so many times when I really get like out of the gate. Oh, I know who you are. Um, sorry, I'm not a rock star. Like, I hate I that shit. That's when you go yeah, like fuck off and leave me alone. Don't call me again. Yeah. Um, don't be sorry. And that was 20 years ago. And next, like that just automatically goes, okay, you're in- insecure. You're a weenie later. You know, exactly. How do you yeah. feel about the guys saying, do you want to meet for a drink as opposed to, can I take you out to dinner? 
because it seems like they all want to take you out for a drink so they can test yeah. you to see if you're worthy of of spending money right. on for a meal, right? Right. Um, I I've gotten the let's go out for a drink many times. See, my problem is I don't follow through. Like I can even start a conversation with somebody and then I won't get back on the site for three weeks and it's over. Me too. I'm guilty yeah. of that too. Yeah, I just I just um. I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm just not ready to be a full-fledged, you know, um, dating app person like I once was. But it was exciting back then because I it was new and I, I was like, this is kind of shallow and weird. But like, okay. Um, it was kind of cool then. But now that I've already experienced it, dated somebody from that, and like, it's been around for a while and there's 8 million more like them. Um it's kind of put a bad taste in my mouth too, you know, in a way. And, and I was communicating with this one guy from there and he, what did he, how did he, how did you, how did this come about? I'm trying to think. Basically he's married. Um, it came down to he's married and, uh, they have an open relationship. And, um, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, so your wife knows you're on dating apps and, you're telling me she is too and you fuck other people and she knows about it and she's okay about it. She's okay with that. And he's like, and she has sex with other guys and I'm okay with it. I go, how the fuck are you okay with that? No. Like, how is that okay? Why be married? Yeah. Why be married then? Oh, because I go, what do you like? Don't have enough money to pay your rent together or something? Like why stay together? And he's like, um, because, because we still love each other. That's not okay. love, honey. That's not love. I'm like, um, it sounds to me like codependency, dude, and um, not love, right? Right. Because when I love somebody, I don't want to fucking share them with anyone. Exactly. Like, I, I, yeah, I just don't. And people are like, well, that's not, that's not realistic. That's not like human nature. We're animals and all this, that whole line of bullshit. And I'm like, really? Well, go fuck a tiger or something because- like, that's not how I feel, you know, like, I just, I'm just not down like that. And I feel like any woman who is, is pretending and is lying to appease the dude, because I don't know any woman for real who is legit. Okay. With that. I don't either. Right? It's crazy. And they're all out there and it's scary. And sometimes they don't reveal themselves right away. And you find out a little bit later. It's creepy. Right. There's these creepy ass yeah. guys. And you know what I noticed, Bobby? What? I was single after well, I got divorced and I took some time for myself. And then a few years later, I decided to get into the dating game. And then I met somebody and I was in a relationship for a little while. And then now I'm single again and back on the dating scene a little bit, just dipping my toes in. It's the same fucking people. I'm like, I had conversations with you three years ago. I'm not interested. There's, I mean, come on, seriously. Do you, same. right? Thank you. Same, <laughs> same, same. The guy's like, hey, where you been? I talked to you four years ago. I'm like, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's a weird thing. I have to say. And like, now the, the thing is you have to, um, just, disprove all the guys that like you, you know how, like, for, I guess guys didn't know this, but on Bumble, if, you are liked, they're all saved in your messages at the top, right? So you you go to your messages and you see all these guys that have liked you 
that literally you either have to completely ignore because, but then you have to either go through all the trouble. So, so it's a lot of drama and maybe this isn't for everybody, but there's a lot when I, when I finally do check, there's like 200 of them. Oh, of course, honey, because it's you, you're gorgeous. You're going to get a ton of guys. Okay. So that turns me off. No offense, but that turns me off to going on the site because that's too, it's too much. I'm like, no, 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 it is. So it's, you either have that choice or the choice of just taking your chances, swiping and not knowing if you're going to match with somebody, you know what I mean? Right. So like, so you automatically are curious to see who likes you. And then when you find out who does, you're all, what the fuck are you thinking? What the fuck are you thinking? What are you thinking? You know, like, I mean, everybody needs love. Yeah. But like, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. Some of them are downright scary. Like when a dude is wearing a dress and he's like got his armpit hair like hanging out and he's like standing there like, I don't want to go out with you. I'm sorry. Like you're not for me. Yeah. Mike's make Mike's making a face right now. Like who would do that? Trust me. You don't know. These are creeps out here. <laughs> dude, I had this one I'm guy sorry. like literally like Buddha belly shirt too short. Uh, stomach hanging out, like, um, like doesn't know how to dress, ear hair, nose hair, scraggly, wannabe rocker hair, um, just all, all completely being like, all so, are we, are we, are we gonna, are we gonna get to lunch this week? I'm like, what for? You know what I mean? Like, you can catch your own lunch, and why, why, what? Like, not to be an asshole, but what are you thinking? You. You know, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. You're the type of know. person I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you my famous dating story real quick. OK, because I would like Bobby. Mike's going, oh, shit. Here it comes. Here it comes. He knows exactly where I'm going with this. I want Bobby Brown's reaction to this. I met a single dad on a dating site. He lived in my mom's neighborhood, which is a very nice neighborhood. So I go, OK, we're, we're safe here. Right. Single dad. Nice neighborhood. OK, meet at a meet at a restaurant. Takes me to the bar for a drink to see if I'm worthy of getting dinner. We're having a great time. He suggests we get dinner. We get dinner. And we're talking a little bit. And it came out that I'm Jewish. And the guy says to me, my my brother dated a Jewish girl and she didn't like to give head. And I go, well, that's kind of stereotyping. I don't know if I'd lump all Jewish girls into that category. And he goes, listen. Um, how do you feel about an uncircumcised penis? And if you found it attractive, would you pull the foreskin back to give it head? Now, mind you, this is a first date. (laughs) Face does it all. I thought this was at the bar. This was at the bar. This is a first date. We are only an hour and a half into conversation with each other. I couldn't (laughs) even take it. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. I really did. I I just literally ate a vert. It was so gross. That just makes me want to puke right now. Oh right? my god! I just wanted to say that so as an example so, of the creepos that are out there. Wow! Like, um, okay. Sometimes, see, this is what I'm saying. Like, where are these guys' moms? <laughs> what, what the? Who the fuck says that? Okay. And you know what? I have to also blame the girls these days, the millennial girls, like, yep. you know, giving us older, a bad name because 
they will do any fucking thing mm-hmm. and show anything. And, and on the first date, you know, or they send videos of themselves finger banging themselves, like to like, that's their, you know, that's their, their meat, their, their meat tape. Here, this is what, this is my profile, me finger banging myself. And do you like it? Like, wait, is that what they call crazy. it now is a meat tape? That's what they call it is a meat tape? No, I, I, <laughs> No, that's not what they call it, but that's what I call it. That's what you call um, it. Okay, I love it. No, that's what I call it. That's, I mean, it's so crazy. That's how many, I mean, I saw a million of those on my ex-boyfriend's um, computer. Like, he had thousands of videos of these young girls, like, what, what, do, you want, what do you want me to do? Yeah, just all, and then, and for a man, I've never seen a guy with more photo shoots of his own dick that wasn't important, for real. What is the purpose of sending a dick pic? We're not into you for what your dick looks like. It's not supposed to be pretty or in a fashion show. It's just. <laughs> in response, when I said that, this was his response. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, there are. There's plenty of girls who are, who are into that. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. And I was like, that's mm. a lie. She's lying. Yeah. No. Not for your That's all fake. Yeah. Girls saying that they love dick is a fucking game that we play to convince you that that's what we want to see because you're so proud of it like it's so it's just bullshit girls don't girls don't trip out over seeing dicks they really don't i mean if it's huge and abnormal and they're like whoa but they're not like oh i gotta go to the bathroom i'll be right back like we're not like that guys are visually stimulated women are mentally stimulated absolutely hit the nail on the head yeah. Of course, while we're talking about yeah. dicks, um, you know, I have to go to another question. We're going to wrap up here in a minute, and this is the perfect way to end it. Okay. Rockstar dicks. Who's been the best lover? Oh, God. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, we want, let's we want a little Bobby, say, Bobby Brown kissing and telling here, just a little bit. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, I'm going to invert that question and answer it like this. If you want to know what it's like to fuck a rock star, go buy a bag of gummy worms, soak one of them in a vat of whiskey, okay? Suck on it until your mouth hurts, and then have your neighbor come over and piss on you while you're sleeping. How's that? (laughs) That is the best answer I could have ever asked for. Ever. That is perfect. That is perfect. Yay. Bobby Brown, we had somebody on here that said, this is so much fun. They loved watching our interaction together, and they're hoping that you come back again. We would love to have you back again on our show to talk about more dick pics and rock stars and all sorts of fun stuff that you're into, and hopefully you will. But uh, thank you. We've had a great time with you, girl. Thank you so much. I had a blast. Bye. Thanks, Bobby. Oh, follow me on Twitter. Yes. Uh, Dirty Rocker Boys is her book. You can order it on Amazon. I ordered mine on Amazon and Twitter and Facebook. And you have Instagram. Oh, Instagram. She's on Instagram because I follow her on Insta. Yeah, Brown Bobby. And everything else is Bobby Jean Brown. And Dirty Rocker Boys and BobbyJeanBrown.net. Remember, it's B-O-B-B-I-E. B-O-B-B-I-E. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Thanks, Bobby Brown. We loved it. This was fun. All All right. Next time. Bye. God, that was so much fun. I loved talking to her, Mikey. She's awesome. Isn't she? Get on your microphone.
She was awesome. I mean, this show, we're coming up to our one-year anniversary, and we have, for the most part, talked to musicians and and rock stars, okay? And um, this episode, we were really able to let loose and uh, have a little raunch. I liked this side of Backstage Pass. <laughs> We might need to have some more backstage pass like this. And we're going to have her back on again in our year two because we have more to talk about with her. I like her a lot. I think her friends describe her as someone with a very large heart. And you can see that. She seems like a very big sweetheart. And sometimes when you watch, you know, some of these girls from the 80s and some of the jobs that they've had and people that they've been associated with or dated... Sometimes you, sometimes, not me, but sometimes people can stereotype. And I think that she is lovely and she's smart. She's so smart. And when she talks about some of the things that she was talking about, that really shined through. I picked up on that and I really enjoyed talking to her. Wasn't she fun? She's awesome. Awesome. Her comedy tour? Are you kidding? I would pay to be in the front row. For that fucking show. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that the sister podcast might enjoy them. I'm thinking the sister podcast would really enjoy her. Yeah. And um, I'm hoping that she comes to Baltimore. I'm going to have to uh, chat with her about that. I want her to bring the comedy tour to Baltimore. People here would love to see her on stage. Of course. She's fucking hilarious. She's great. So, Bobby Brown, Dirty Boys of Rock is her book. Get it on Amazon. I, uh, I'm i so behind in my reading, but I did order it because I would love to hear some of these stories or read some of these stories. It's available on um, audio as well. So if, you, if you're if you not a reader and you just want to... Did she record it herself? That I didn't ask her. Yeah. I would imagine so. She's got a lovely speaking voice. So Dirty Boys of Rock, get the book, get the audio book, listen to it while you're driving this summer without the kids in the car. Please, because there are some raunchy stories in there. And uh, you can find Bobby Brown, that's B-O-B-B-I-E, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. She posts some funny stuff. If you're a single girl or you're a single guy, you can totally relate to her. Can't we all, right? All right. 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 So episode 23, we're going to have Bernie Marsden, who was a part of Whitesnake. Great songwriter. Great guy, came over from the UK, and I sat down with him, and he is just one big teddy bear. Gives a great hug. So Bernie Marsden coming up next. Stay with us. Let's have a little cherry pie, Mike. This is a big tiny comedy production. Swing it on the brown ball, swing it on the lawn, swing it with a mom, cause I ain't about a hoe. Swing it to the left, swing it to the right. Think about baseball, swing it all night, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll swing it in the living room, swing it in the kitchen. Mouse box down, cause the two busy bits. Swing it in there, cause she wanted me to beat her. I mixed on the batter and she lit the beat her. Yeah. 
Swing with my daughter no more. 